So I always ask myself that Jeff Bezos famous question, if everything's going to change and everything is going to change, what's not going to change? And what I don't think is ever going to change is I think people always want a real asset and I think they'll always want a good deal. So as long as those, those two things remain, then the land investing niche will continue to thrive. Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor? Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it? Well, come into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build, y'all. Experiment Nation, this message is for you if you are a short-term rental host. Pay attention closely because if you recall, we had an individual by the name of Mark Simpson step into our lab and tell us the importance of building a short-term rental business where your clients and future guests are booking with you directly, not solely depending on OTAs such as Airbnb, VRBO, Expedia.com, the list goes on and on. And his reasoning behind it is that you want to leverage these OTAs and not be solely dependent on them so that you can actually build your business that you are in control of. Extremely important for you to do this, for you to be in control of your business and grow and scale it properly. Now, I did read the book from beginning to end and the announcement is that he has launched a book called the book direct playbook which launches this february 2022 you want to make sure you get your hands on this book because i certainly did from beginning to end and i got more than just about ota he gave the foundation of true marketing which is a specialty that he does because he is the founder of boostly who helped who has helped numerous hosts over and over build very credible websites that allow the guests to book with you directly. Now, I want to highlight something. It's very important that you understand that Mark is not saying to not use OTAs. He's saying to leverage them to then be in control to build your own business. And he actually gives a very key gold template on how to actually create an incentive for your hosts or, or your guests, I should say, to stay with you as a host by booking with you directly. There is a strategic way to do this and he does cover this in his book. You want to make sure that you get his book at the link below. You see right here, boostly.co.uk forward slash book. In this book, it will give you the foundation, the marketing foundations, a, a, a key guide to guide. And at the same time, every chapter has the instructions sections that gives you a guidelines on what the next call to action, what the next step is. You need to refer to it the exact same way you would refer to any book you have in the lab as a practitioner who's going to take action to take control of your short-term rental business. Again, that is boostly.co.uk forward slash book. That's boostly.co.uk forward slash book. Make sure you get your hands on this book. You will not be disappointed. Real estate experiment. What is happening, y'all? Today, I have the pleasure of having Mark Podolsky in the lab with us, dialing in from, you said Arizona. Are you in Phoenix or where are you I'm at? In Phoenix. Damn. I, I was just telling Mark, I haven't been in, in, in Phoenix and I need to make it down there because uh, Mark, if you're listening to this right now, is glowing and I want to have the energy that he has. And you can only have that energy either, you know, when, when, when you're in a good place and we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but you know, you're, you're going through a marathon right now, which I appreciate you making the time to step in the lab with us, but I definitely want to take the time 
to highlight you and 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 you know give you the introduction that you deserve in our very own lab. So, you know, Mark, first of all, welcome to the Experiment Nation uh, lab here, and we're excited to have you. How's it going today? Thank you. Pulse is still normal. Respiration's fine. Yeah, yeah, Ribbon. you're still going, man. I'm thrilled to be here. I love it. I love it. Mark, so you have such an interesting uh, background. I got a level set here because, you know, you are an embodiment of what Experiment Nation is all about. We always talk about experiment, uh, the real estate experiment. What is that? Well, there's so many verticals in real estate. There's, 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 there's fix and flipping, there's multifamily, there's storage, there's, but then, then you, you are in a very, very, very niche and it goes back to the foundation no pun intended there, or maybe it was intended. I don't know, but right. you're talking about land, right? We're talking about land and just the level set. I, I do want to give you a kudos because, you know, I always want to talk about you first because you're the reflection of your business, but just the level set, you are the founder of Frontier Equity Properties LLC. You do have your own show, which I'm excited to hear about as the host of the best passive income model and the art of passive income podcast and the land geek podcast. And you're also the author of Dirt Rich, which is fascinating. And of course, your practitioner, because that's the only folks that we allow here in the lab with us are practitioners. We're not just, you know, talking the talk but they're walking the walk as well on a lot of land, apparently in your field, right? It's been over 5,000 uh, transactions, which I'm interested to hear. Cause when I hear that transactions, that's interesting because I have to think that at some point somewhere you started someplace and then you said, you know what, this land thing is, is, is going to be my 80, 20. So why don't you just, this just, I'm going to ask you up front. Uh, we're going to do a little reverse engineer exercise here, but why land? Why, why Mark, why land? Well, you know, first of all, land is great for someone like me because, you know, you talk about multifamily or fix and flip, like mm -hmm. I, I can barely change a light bulb. So I like the idea of not having to deal with anything physical. I also like the idea of not having to deal with tenants. I like the idea of not having to do, deal with termites um, or any kind of cleanup, trash, right? So for me, land is really an interesting asset class in the sense that it's this one-time sale. I get recurring income every single month and I don't have to deal with any of the headaches of traditional real estate investors, no renters, rehabs, renovations, or rodents. And then when you look at it from a legal standpoint, because I'm not dealing with the tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this owner's real estate legislation. So it's really a simple model where you had a buyer, a piece of land, and a seller, and that's it. So Mark, you talk about buying, selling, leasing. And I, first of all, I love that, that you're very upfront of like, hey, I know what I'm good at. I know, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. That's which is the most important thing. And this is actually why we have the show because we bring in guys like you who have done it. And it's like, hmm, let me go down this avenue because this experiment actually worked. So just to put things into context, we said buying, selling, and leasing. When you say you don't have to deal with, with you, all you have to deal is with, with passive income and you don't have to deal with any of the day-to-day -day, you know, obstacles that we find ourselves dealing with with some, some of the traditional investor, um, 
are you then just focusing on the the transaction component of of you have land and you sell it and then or you're looking or sourcing for land and you're buying it and then you step away like give us a little bit of context for some of us who are sitting here still scratching our heads of well i know real estate is built on land but but where do we how do how do you turn that into a a a profitable business and and how is how is that sustainable how does that even look like Okay, this is a really complicated question. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you as a case study. I'm gonna walk you through my model step-by-step. Step. So Ruben, where do you live? Uh, There's a loaded question, you sh- that, uh, but I'll, I'll say Atlanta because I'm here in New York right now in the studio, but, um, but typically I am in Atlanta, that's my boots on the ground real estate. So let's talk about Atlanta. Okay, so you live in Atlanta. I'm gonna assume <laughs> that you own five acres of raw land in Texas. And you owe $200 in back taxes. So Ruben, you're advertising two important things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to the raw land. You're in Atlanta, properties in Texas. And number two, you're distressed financially in some weird way. Because we don't pay for things like, oh, property taxes. We don't value them in the same way. As a result, the county treasurer keeps sending you notices saying, Ruben, you don't pay your property taxes. We're going to auction off your land to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. So all I'm going to do is look at the comparable sales on your five-acre parcel for the last 12 to 18 months. I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale. Let's use easy math. Let's say it's 10 grand. I'm going to divide by four. That's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I'm actually going to send you an actual offer on your raw land of $2,500. Now you accept it. Because for you, $2,500 is better than nothing. In reality, 3 to 5% of people accept my quote unquote top dollar offer. But now that you've accepted it, I have to go through due diligence or in depth research. I have to confirm you still own the property. Back taxes are only $200. There's been no breaks in the chain of title, there's no liens or encumbrances. There's no, what, what can I do on the property? What kind of restrictions are there? What's the access like ingress and egress? So I have this whole big checklist of what I want in my land and what's going to be a deal killer, what's going to make it difficult to sell, all those things. I outsource that to my team in the Philippines. It's cost about 11 bucks. They're going to get me plat maps, aerial maps, satellite images, everything I'm going to need to sell that property to the next person. Now, if I'm investing 5,000 or more, I just do it traditionally through a title company. But this is only $2,500. I'll self-close. Now I own your property for only $2,500. I'm going to sell this 30 days or less. And I'm going to make a cash flow like a rental home. Yeah, that, that's, that's the part where that, that is the part where you got my attention. And I think it will help the listeners all understand the cash flowing component. Because I think people understand the buying, the selling. Okay, one time tra- transaction, right? One time. But you're talking about passive. How does that component come into your, your business model? Okay, so Ruben, I have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? No, I do not. The neighbors, the neighbors. So I'm going to send out neighbor letters saying, here's your opportunity, protect your privacy, protect your views, know your neighbor. So oftentimes uh-huh. neighbors will buy it. Now, if they pass, go to my buyer's list. My buyer's list passes. I go to a little website you may have never heard of. It's called Craigslist. 
10th most trafficked <laughs> website in the United States. I go, I go to one I'm pretty sure you've heard of called Meta or Facebook Marketplace, the buy-sell groups. And then I'll go to the lands, landmoto.com, landandfarm.com, landsofamerica.com, landflip.com, landhub.com. These are platforms where people buy and sell raw land. But the magic happens in my pricing because all I'm going to ask is for a $2,500 down payment for this new buyer to control five acres of land in Texas. So they put $2,500 down and I'll make it a car payment. Let's say $3.99 a month and 9% interest over the next 84 months. So it's a one-time sale. I get my money out on the down. I might go six to 10 months out. Then it's you know, $3.99 a month, 9% interest in the next 84 months, no renters, rehabs, renovations, or rodents. And it's a simple game. Can we create enough of these land notes where our passive income now exceeds our fixed expenses? And we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Okay, so this is very interesting. So take us back, Mark, for a second. Um, because just so, and I think there's the listeners here, there's a few of us. There's there's some who are, you know, buy, buy and holds. There's some who have done wholesaling. And I'm, I myself, I've done wholesaling. So I, I understand more or less the concept. But you, you mentioned it, and just I want to make sure that that doesn't slip through the cracks. You mentioned, you called it a land note. Do you want to just talk about how that, component works you know because i think you use the car example it's a fantastic one but i want you to bring that home for a second because i want to understand you know who truly owns this piece of real estate from even from a deed perspective and and you know what you're doing there i think that'll give us some great context of how this this note and land buying a relationship works right so the note is basically a promissory note so i'm the owner of the land and you, as the buyer, are making payments to me. Now, let's take a, a housing example, right? So I go out and I get a $200,000 mortgage on this beautiful home. Now, the bank technically has what we call a lien on the home with a deed of trust. Yes. Now, what happens with a deed of trust is that ownership component goes to me. I get the deed with a lien attached on that house. Now, if I stop paying my mortgage to the bank, they will have to give me notice, notice. I have so many days to cure. And if I don't cure that notice of default, it's going to hurt my credit rating. And they will eventually take that house through a legal proceeding called foreclosure. Now, that's a costly process and takes a lot of time. And emotionally speaking, nobody wants to kick anybody out of their own home. With raw land, we use a land contract, which means that the underlying asset remains in my ownership until you, the borrower, pays off their promissory note. If you go into default, you have 30 days to cure your default. And if you stop paying and you don't cure your default, I keep your down payment, I keep your monthly payments, and based on our paperwork and the land contract, I think it's to resell that property, get a new down payment and a new monthly payment, extending out my ROI. My average ROI on a cash flip is 300% and on a terms deal is over a thousand percent because of time value of money. So it's way simpler. I don't have to get any lawyers involved. I don't have to kick anybody off anything because 
they don't live there. And it's just a simpler process. Okay, so this is great. I'm glad you went there. Why would, or or I should say, because I'll be want to be very um, keen on how I, I ask this question. Who is the avatar that you're targeting? You talked about land exists next to neighbors, etc. My next question might be, what will be the purpose of their use to buy a note from you? What are they doing? Are they farming? Are they because you know where I'm going to go next is. The, they can't build on that land, can they? Because it's your land. So what is the use of this land that you find yourself, the typical person who buys a, a note from you is utilizing that piece of land for? So a lot of them, when they use it recreationally, sometimes they want to one day build once they pay off the note. Oftentimes there are people that we call preppers. They're, they're hoping for the best. They're preparing for the worst. They want to place the bug out to. Oftentimes they're what I call legacy investors. So they never thought they would own this asset because typically they think, oh, it's so expensive to own raw land. If you're coming from Atlanta and you're looking at, you know, land in Atlanta, you're talking about real money. And then all of a sudden you say, oh my gosh, I can, I can own 40 acres of raw land in Nevada for $30,000. Sign me up. So not, so land that has no restrictions is only limited by your imagination it's very compelling. I've done this now over 6,000 times. I've never been stuck with a piece of raw land. There is literally a pig for every barn. There is a lust for land in this country that you wouldn't believe. It's a massive market. And people love it. No kidding. So in my head, I would think, okay, great. So I'm an LLC and I run, you know, an event every year. Like, I don't know. I've never actually been, I might go Coachella or something you've heard, right? There's music festivals. I get that. We'll rent it out. We'll pay Mark his note and then we'll do other, we'll have a carnival, but I'm just trying to think, are you, when you're finding these places, is it your typical uh, lot ready? Um, I think there's a term that I forget what you guys call it when there's, you know, everything's hooked up and you, 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 you're able to, what is that called? Is oh, it, like uh, when it's like, like some of the developers utilities. Yeah. Like it's all set up. I mean, I, I would, I would imagine Mark, it's not your traditional type of, of buyer. Like I'm just trying to wrap my, my hand, head around there. Like who is, who is really behind these, these note deals. I'm, I'm very curious. Do you have any examples of some avatars that, that are, 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 and when I use the word avatar, I'm sorry, that comes from my marketing background of, of, you know, the type of, of buyer that's buying these notes just for some context for our listeners. Well, you know, let's, let's, you know, first of all, you know, the, the buyers are buying the land. I own the underlying note, right? So yes. I'm, okay, I'm the great. note holder. Yeah. So yes. who, like so the who, bank. right. So, you know, Who's buying raw land is, is really the question. Yeah. What, what kind of person wakes up to, at, and thinks themselves, boy, I'd like some raw land today, right? <laughs> That's the question. Yeah. So again, it's going to be people that grew up hearing own land. It's the only thing that lasts. It's going to be people that want to use it recreationally. It's going to be people that want to one day develop it or improve it. It's going to be people that come from a background where, um, you know, they want to hunt, they want to fish, they want to take their ATVs out there. Um, military people love raw land. People that don't like people love raw land. You want to, want to get away from it all. So, you know, if you're, if you ever watch Yellowstone, right, you know, 
you can have your own ranch type of thing. And it's, and it's affordable. So it's just, you know, it's, you know, there's not like a, a typical avatar. Well, that's interesting. I think you, 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 you painted the picture uh, fairly well. Uh, the, I guess the, the next question I would ask you is from, uh, again, I think this will give our listeners some context because you have to imagine that, you know, you've been, you're probably so jaded, uh, you know, Mark, that you've been doing this for years that we're still trying to wrap ourselves around. I think when you said, when you used the example of a car note or, or even the bank, essentially that's what you're being right. Uh, you know, because you own the note uh, and they own the land. So as far as uh, what does that look like? And does it create any complexities if I were to, if I was a real estate developer and um, you know, I got into, you know, I wanted to build on, on a few lots. Is it the same structure? Is it, would you then sell and not do the, the, the note structure? I'm just trying to make sure I understand, you know, for, for some of us who are listening, who might, try to think, okay, how can I use the strategy, the same strategy Mark is using? When is, when is it a great opportunity for me to use the note strategy versus the selling completely outright strategy without being on a note? When, when, when is it a good time? When is it a bad time to, to, to apply those principles? Well, well philosophically, I don't like cash. I, I want cash flow. So mm. I would say it's always a good time to sell on a note because then you're getting the cash flow as opposed to cash. Once I get the cash, I have to redeploy the cash. So I'm starting over every time I sell. Instead, I'd rather own the assets and have that cash flow. Now, at some point, that asset will convey ownership to the new borrower or the new buyer, and I have to replace it. But I've got years to do that. So I'm giving myself time to keep building up my deal flow machine to do that. Now, the issue is, well, aren't I going to run out of money if I sell the property for $10,000? I paid $2,500 for it, but I only get $1,000 down. Well, it's going to take a while now to get my money out. Well, what's interesting about that is you can sell a partial on the note. <laughs> so you can just sell a year's worth of the cash flow, get all your money out, and then redeploy the cash. So you can keep building up what, you know, this is a wealth strategy. I don't, I don't care about being rich. I want to be wealthy. Mm. So, you know, I can always make more money. I can't get more time. And being wealthy allows me to work when I want, where I want, with whom I want. What's awesome about this niche is, well, is I can do it from anywhere in the world. All I need is a laptop and an internet connection because it's 90% automated with software on the front end, inexpensive virtual assistants, and software on the back end. So, Basically, it just depends on you personally. Like yeah. what's your personal situation, how you want to sell. For me personally, I want cash flow. There's a lot of people that they love the cash. They pay the tax, they do it again. I personally think that's a strategy for financial insecurity. Mm. But it, you know, you know, yeah, I've, no. I've I've learned from psychology of money. Uh, that book, uh, I think it's Morgan Hauser. No one's crazy when it comes to money. You know, based on all of our prior experiences, that's how we have our money views and how we grew up. So no one's really crazy when it comes to money. But that's just my take on it is I want cash flow, not cash. I love it. So let me ask you, uh, I think I, that was a really good uh, way to explain, um, you know, how you view 
this concept as different from you know the cash i love that the cash having the cash versus having the cash flow and building being rich versus being wealthy uh i love i love your philosophy on that so let me ask you very tactically because i like to give tactical examples to our listeners let's say you know you do the you structure a note right you you um, basically have a developer who wants to buy uh um you know uh, the land and you own the note um is it once they build let's say new construction on that land and let's say you know i'm trying to wrap my hands around the, the level of layers there because what if they were to get some financing on the actual structure okay so i'm the land, I'm how does that work yeah so i'm the one financing i'm the bank mm-hmm. so yeah. if they want to build they just pay off the note it's literally that simple oh interesting so they so you can't obviously be paying for the note and also you're, no, you can't the, rent on top of renting. It's almost right. Right. You, you're, exactly. Yeah. You, you, okay, you can't cool. get a builder's permit. You can't get a building permit from the county unless you can prove that you own the land. But I own the land. So you as the developer have to pay off your note first before you can develop it. Very interesting. That's good. Now, if you want to use it recreationally while you're paying off your note, yeah. fine with me. Go camp out there. I don't care. But you yeah, can't make yeah. any improvements without my permission. We'll be right back. I love that. Okay. So I'm glad we covered that. Cause I think that'll be, that that's something that was floating around. I'm sure as a thought of, okay, well, how does that look like in structure? So I told you I would reverse engineer. How did you, um, and I, I'm really excited cause I, I actually work, you know, uh, we have an agency as well. We, which is different from your business, but we work remotely and we have a team in the Philippines. So I want to get to the, the, the process behind it. I, I geek out around that stuff, but I told you I would reverse engineer. This is where you are today. How did you come across it? Did you stumble upon it? Did you, what were you, I know your core values are very clear. You're all about the cash flow. You're all about, you know, not wanting to deal with headaches and tenants and all that stuff. But how did you discover it? this? Did you fall? Was that the first thing that you stumbled upon? Or were there a few things that you had tried uh, prior to leading to being the, as we call you, the land geek? So if we rewind the tape to 2000, I was a miserable micromanaged 45 minute commute to work and back investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And Ruben, it got so bad for me. I would get the, you know, I want to get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy. He's telling me that as a side hustle, he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar at tax deed auctions. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his money. And I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company, great, has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Average companies, 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So of course, I don't believe him. So I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to New Mexico with him. I do exactly what he tells me to do. I buy 10 half acre parcels, an average price of $300 each. I flip them online. And they all sell for an average price of $1,200 each. It worked. So I took all that money. I went to another auction in Arizona, which is where I live. And again, it's 2000. There's no one in the room. I'm buying up lots and acreage for nothing. And I sold all that land and I made over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife. I said, honey, I'm going to quit my job, become a full-time land investor. And she's pregnant. And she's like, absolutely not. So I said, okay, okay. So it took me about 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit and I've been doing it full-time ever since. 
for context, just to give our listeners, I mean, it's been what over almost 20 years 22 now? 22 years. 22 Jeez. years. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really fascinating. So that's interesting. So the first, so let's talk about the, cause I think we talked about the note. Uh, let's uh, actually have some questions from, from the audience that I gathered before. So if, if we were to, to take a step back for a second, you talked about your buyer's list. Uh, you talked about, you know, finding buyers, you know, for Roland. Let's, what are the tips for finding? Cause, cause let, let me take a step back. I would imagine when you flipped that, piece of land when you're in Mexico that's that's fascinating you know what was your go-to initially for finding those buyers to flip land like where do you go what's that source I know I'm sure it's changed now because you're you've been doing this for 20 years but you know if someone's taking that first step what are some sources did you I think did you mention Craigslist I mean is that where you would go first like where is the source of buyers that someone could take an actionable uh action item on today the first place I used to go to, I don't recommend this anymore, but when I was starting out, I started out on eBay. It's crazy. It's crazy. So people are actively shopping online for land is what you're telling. They're actively shopping online for land. If I was starting today and I could only market on one platform today, I would market on landmoto.com. I could only do one, one platform. And I would get a premium account. If if I couldn't afford the premium account, and I could just I just want free advertising, I would either look at Craigslist or Facebook. So walk me through just at a high level that process of 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 working with landmoto.com. Just just as a high level. You you see some land. Yeah, yeah, ahead. you just you just you know would basically market your property, you come up with a good headline, mm-hmm. and you just look at the four marketing fundamentals of anything so you want to have a strong headline right i love big lots i cannot lie right or uh make this land great again something where it's going to be clickable right so um i love this make this land great again because half the people hate that headline half the people love that headline so dan kennedy's like if you're not offending someone by noon polarizing you're not you're not working hard enough so you know marketing you got to choose your people so you got to have, have a strong headline, but then you've got to have strong pricing. You have to make it irresistible in the pricing. And then there needs to be urgency, scarcity, and a clear call to action. Those are really all the components. And I also recommend what we call an anchor. So an anchor is basically saying, hey, we understand you don't know the value of this land. So we marked that you know, this property was $4.99 down, $4.99 a month. And then that's the anchor. We put a line through it, and then we say two ninety nine down, two ninety nine a month, instant equity. You can't unsee the four ninety nine, and so we are automatically like, oh, this is a deal. Deal. Yeah. This is on sale, right? Another great headline. Don't tell my wife. Well, what's going on with that? Click there. All right, great. What don't like? Why is this? What's this guy doing? Like, why is he selling it? So you go to have fun with it. You want to be creative. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's all about making it irresistible, making it a car payment. Think about the, the biggest selling cars in the country, right? They're always like a uh, Honda Accord or Toyota Camry. They're always priced at that $3.99 a month, $2.99 a month, $1.99 a month. If you got a job, you can afford it. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. So as far as the, um, I was going to say, you, you kind of answered my question, but you know, is all land created equal? Like, you know, when you start and go on land, uh, you said land motto, for example, landmotor.com. Yeah. All land land is in my mind, it's all created equal. If you can buy at 25, 30 cents on the dollar, mm-hmm. you making your money on the buy. Like I, I learned the hard way. I'll tell you the story. So I'm starting out, you know, I'm going to uh, look for more land with my buddy. And we go to, I don't know if you've ever heard of a place called Las Vegas, New Mexico. Anyways, it's, a, it's like they have a university there. And we're looking at this land and we can buy it. We call it what's called over the counter. You can just buy it directly from the county because the land did not sell for the minimum price of the taxes. So the county's like, well, if no one's going to even put the minimum on this, We'll just sell it to somebody over the counter. And there's a hundred lots there, an acre each. And we're driving around looking at it. And Ruben, I'm telling you, to me, this property looked like Chernobyl. There wasn't a tree in sight. I mean, it was just ugly, ugly land. And so my buddy's like, well, you know, we can pick this up, up for 50 bucks an acre. He's like, what's the worst that could happen? I'm like, I'll tell you what the worst thing is that can happen. People are going to buy it. They're going to look at it and they're going to hate you for it. So these are, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get refunds. If you don't get a refund, you're going to get a lawsuit. So he's like, you sure you don't want to split it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to split it. So he buys all of it at 50 bucks each. And he starts selling it online. And he starts emailing me the sales and he's killing it. He's killing it. So what did, let me ask you, what did they, what the, I just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. What do they see in that land that you didn't see? Good question. I don't know. It's a really good question. And I, the honest answer is, I don't know. My best guess is it's just like anything else in life. Value is in the eye of the beholder. I really don't know. So, so then how, so Interesting. So in going into it, is there a metric or formula that you use to say, hey, you know, in an area where there's not any more urban, I, this is where I focus or an area where the cities are, are, are expanding? Like, I'm just trying to understand if someone's listening, like, how do they, which, <laughs> considering that we all live on land and, and, and there's so much land around us, we drive by empty lots all the time. What makes a good plot of land separates a good plot of land from a great one, I think is where I was going with this. It's 25 cents on the dollar. Wow. That's, that's a great piece of land is when you can buy it at 25 cents on the dollar. There's someone else on the other end of that deal. Even if you have to wholesale it at 50 cents on the dollar, I've never been stuck with a piece of raw land. So he's emailing me, by the way, all these sales on this ugly, ugly land. And I keep emailing him back a refund. And then I email him back refund slash lawsuit. He sells all of it. He makes a hundred grand. Guess how many refunds he had? Zero. Jeez. No lawsuits. So I learned a fifty thousand dollar lesson that day. <laughs> don't be a don't be a land snob. And now I'm not. I mean, I'm not the market. You're not the market. There's someone out there that wants affordable, raw, undeveloped land. Maybe you and I don't want it. But mm. there's a huge market of people to do. So, so this question it comes from you know a wholesaler. How, how as a wholesaler? Because I, I think these are great segues. You're talking about 
great land is based on the price that you can get it for it, right? From what I'm hearing, if it's, you know, 25 cents on the dollar, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. As a wholesaler, you know, what are the key things that, you, you know, you want to, to include in your marketing? I know you talked about what it would look like online, but when you're trying to bridge the gap between buyer and seller, what other uh, um, things would you add in that scope for someone who's thinking, hey, I want to get into this and I want to be the middleman because I know that I can find them and I can list them and I know that there's going to be buyers. What? How do you bridge that gap? I mean, the wholesaler just makes it easier for the uh, for the for the buyer. Really, I mean, they're just going to provide the the due diligence. Um, they're going to provide the pictures and the plat maps and the aerial maps, and they're going to provide. Uh, you know, what's compelling about the property so that the retailer is going to pay a premium to the wholesaler because then they can go and sell at retail. That's really all it is. It's really simple to wholesale. Very interesting. How long does the, is the due diligence uh, when, you know, for let's say a, a developer you know, who's buying large parcels of, of raw land, how, how could, just to give the listeners some context, how long is that? due diligence typically well i don't think i understand the question so uh so so i think if you're looking because from what i understand there's some you know sometimes there's there is a due diligence period um it, and you mentioned it now how long is that is that period from from the due diligence that that would happen in your field again i have oh, no i, I misunderstood because yeah. you said developer who's who's developing so I guess whoever is buying, maybe there's an intention to be a, a developer, right? So you would buy raw land. But I think the question, this is coming from the audience here. I think what they're asking is, how long is that due diligence? And I guess that due diligence could be just for any buyer. If the buyer happens to be a developer. That's oh. that's one thing. But I think the question is, on how, how, how long is the due diligence period for someone who's buying large parcels of raw land? I can do due diligence in two days. I can close in a week. Is that based on, you want to go into your, your systems a little bit, like what makes the due diligence last longer versus shorter? Like what needs to happen? Is well, it a I mean, permits thing? Is it, is it, no, is it's, it, it's, it's just really simple. I mean, yeah. it's just a piece of raw land. So there's nothing, there's nothing physical on, on there. So is it, do we have a plat map, an aerial map, a satellite map? That's really it. And then once we have that, we want pictures of the property. I might pay 50 bucks if, it's, if I've never been out there or no, someone's never seen the property, local Craigslist gig, take pictures, shoot video. I want to make sure no one's dumping on the property. I want to see what the road looks like. Can they get to it? What are the GPS coordinates? I mean, a lot of this can be done with technology. And yeah. I was going like to say, yeah. Like I said, like I said before, like you're connected to an American title company. You do your title search, make sure there's no chain, no break in the chain, no liens, no encumbrances. And, you know, because this is inexpensive, there's not usually, I mean, it's really rare to find any cloud on title or liens or encumbrances, but you got to check. If you're worried about any kind of environmental issue, you go to epa.gov, make sure you're not buying a Superfund site, you know, but that's usually going to be like New Jersey or Ohio or Pennsylvania, like manufacturing areas, rural land out West, Southwest, Northwest. That's not an issue. So two tokens is pretty simple. Um, you know, if you're looking to develop it, you can go a little bit deeper. You know, what's the water table like? 
how far from utilities. And again, planning and zoning will help you with all this. Local surveyor will help you as well. So it just depends. Interesting. So uh, that's, I'm glad you, you, uh, you, you made that. So I guess in, in, sh in, sh in short, um, the process from becoming a buyer to an owner of land, again, very different from when we talk about other types of real estate is the due diligence of the actual plot of land that you're buying and then checking with the title company that there isn't any liens or any, anything on that. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, uh, this is uh, another question from the audience here. Pros and cons of buying, selling, or buying or selling raw land versus residential land. Is there a difference well, there? Yeah. No, I think the only difference is your price point. So if you're buying an infill lot and you're buying in Atlanta, mm -hmm. that's just going to be more expensive. So, sure. um, you know, we don't, we don't want to be in the speculation game. We want to be in the investing game. Uh and I feel like if you're, you know, buying into like say New York or Atlanta, San Francisco, yeah. you're, you know, if you've got a valuable piece of land, you're going to go to the land broker and you're going to pay retail. I want the land that somebody is distressed and has to sell or really wants to sell. They have no use for it anymore. Um, and I'm investing in it. I'm buying it 25, 30 cents on the dollar. Very That's the difference. Very interesting. Love that. Now, so you, let me. But now, if yeah. you can get it, great. If you can buy an infill lot, twenty-five three cents a dollar residential lot, twenty-five three cents a dollar, great. It's just it's just harder to find. Very interesting. And how how long do your uh, um, your notes that you typically you know uh, own how how long do they are they structured for? They, are we Looking at 30 years, 20, 10, how does that look like? 30 years, 20, 10, 5, 30. Oh, interesting. All over. So it just depends on the value of the land. Interesting. Interesting. That's this is really fascinating. So, so let me ask you, uh, what is what is next for you? Because, I mean, it's such an interesting uh, background that you have of coming from, I'm not surprised, by the way, coming from the acquisition, understanding the power. And I love how you, you put things into perspective where you're getting 300% returns versus what you were seeing in, in you know, the, the private equity and which is just puts things into perspective. And, and it's so interesting because it's not, you know, it's not a shiny, shiny object, right? Like it's literally dirt that we're talking about. Um, but what do you see as, you know, you've been at this for 20 years. Do you, do you see that things have shifted? Do you see that the opportunity is still there? Do you see that this, this, you know, we're not, they always say we're not making any more land. Like what do you see as your forecast? Again, if you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening to this, it's Q1 of, of 2022. What are your thoughts on, on this business model and where you are in your business right now? So I always ask myself that Jeff Bezos famous question, if everything's going to change and everything is going to change, what's not going to change. And what I don't think is ever going to change is I think people always want a real asset. And I think they'll always want a good deal. So as long as those, those two things remain, then the land investing niche will continue to thrive. Now, what's interesting about the business is that it's inefficient. You can't go on Zillow and figure out what a piece of raw land is worth. No one knows. So we're all just kind of making it up as we go along. There's not, comparable sales are all over the place. So you have to kind of figure out the market. 
So the other issue then is, are these margins sustainable? Well, when I first started, it was 300%. 22 years later, it's still 300 to 1,000%. Why is that? Well, the reason that is, is that you're talking about the most boring niche on earth. So you don't go on HGTV or the DIY network and see flip this land. The before pictures are all land. The after pictures are all land. Um, it's, you know, it's just not sexy. All we do is shuffle paper and make money. So the other issue is it's a massive market. There's billions of acres of land for sale available and no one doing it. You, me, a million people could be in this niche. We'll all run out of money before we run out of deal flow. And the reason being is if you go to a real meeting, a real estate investment association meeting, 100 people in that room, 99 of them are wholesalers, landlords, or flippers. You and I would be the only land people because, again, it's boring. <laughs> this is crazy. I love this. This is like this paradigm shift. That's it's it's fascinating because it is true that, like I said, I've only had a, you know, we're 160 plus episodes in. Only had a I can count on my hand how many land land guys we've had. Um, which just shows you also, you know, kind of red, red ocean, what is it? Red ocean, blue ocean or, or blue ocean strategy, yeah, blue ocean strategy. Love blue that. ocean strategy. Yeah. 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 That's, 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 you know, where is everybody doing? Oh man. So this is so, uh, this is just fascinating what you're saying. And, and I want to just right before we drop off, cause I, I told you, I'm a, you know, you're the land geek and I'm a tech nerd. So I'm hoping we can come together on here and, and just huddle up one last round here. Uh, sure. Tell me about your your systems in in you know your 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 way that you're able to do this remotely because I geek out about that stuff and like I said you asked me where I am right now and that's not where I always am and I happen to be in the real estate uh, space as well so what what you know how do you structure you touched on it a little bit you know what does that you know kind of operation look like uh, so that the listeners can kind of get an idea of what what that looks like on the back end. So essentially, you know, first you got to start off with software. So we have a software that we call LG Pass, the Land Geek proprietary automated software system. So you just upload a list, you, you put it into the software, you price the list, and then it automates the mailings via an API with a mailing company. And we got a really great deal. So it's really inexpensive for first class mail. Then from there, there's all this technology where you can, you know, if it's a bad address, your team can go in, they can mark it as a bad address. You can use a binverify.com, get a good address, remail it and do all of that. And you can automate it on a drip. So if you say you've got 10,000 people on a list, well, you don't wanna send out 10,000 offers at once. You couldn't handle the due diligence. So you can drip 20 a day if you want. If you see the market change on you, you can automatically change the pricing in it. And then it takes you into due diligence. You've got your due diligence piece of it as well. Then it takes you into the marketing. So you can push out your marketing all the way into sales. And then it automates the contracts with your promissory note, land sale contract, and purchase sale agreement. What used to take me 20 minutes of paperwork takes one second. Again, we can always make more money. We can't get more time. Then you use inexpensive virtual assistants around the world. I have a team in Jamaica. I have a team in the Philippines. And they're all well trained. It's great, right? Oh, I'm just curious how many how many folks do you have on your team? I don't even know. I don't manage it, but enough. Are we saying everything like 50, 30? No, no, no. I, I bet you 15 or less. Interesting. 
Wow. Yeah. And and I was gonna ask you just just so this doesn't slip through the cracks. You said mailers. Those are just those are like traditional. I think wholesalers will be able to connect with this, where you're reaching out to homeowners and you're reaching out about their or not homeowners, but I guess vacant lot owners, right? Where you're reaching yeah, out about saying, their land. We're saying a letter. Yeah, we're not saying a postcard. We're saying an actual offer. What 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 would it say at a high level? We're a little, um, yeah yeah pain I mean, point. It just it just says we're interested in buying your land at this price contingent upon these things during due diligence. And so then you have an in, in, incoming also call center where people are taking the inbound incoming calls as well. For we, those, have, we have yeah. a, we have a U.S. based intake manager that will mm-hmm. then handle, handle that intake piece. Okay. And, and then do they need to be uh, briefed on the area like did they get granular or is it more of like a, a, a system a process of, okay if you're interested this is what happens next i'm just very curious because you're going it sounds like you're going all over the place so I'm, I'm curious as to you know i've been in i've done some cold calling in the past just trying to understand what were some of those obstacles and barriers you, you would need to overcome there's no obstacles or barriers it's just basically saying you got your offer great mm-hmm. they go into the program this, they're they're compensated to renegotiate down. So they'll say, oh yeah, you know, during due diligence. So then it's like, okay, here's your here's your deal. They say, oh, I'll, I'll accept it for $2,500. Like, great. Here's how the process works. We're going to do due diligence. I'll get back to you in about seven days before closing. If we find anything in due diligence, I'll let you know. If we find something in due diligence, it's like, I'm so sorry. You know, the most we can offer you now is 2,100. So for every hundred dollars that they can uh you know negotiate down they get compensated an extra hour of their time that's the team you're referring to your team for intake manager right so so it's really simple and they just have a process and a system and they're trained and it's easy love it i love it listen this 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 is mark this was gold uh I, i gotta ask you just because i could be here all day just drilling and i know you've been on a marathon and i can't even thank you enough for spending time but i gotta ask you if you were to include one thing in your dirt rich book that you left out or you know just from your experience your ever growing experience what would that one thing be for our listeners that you're like ooh, you know i would add that in there just just for context for us i actually I actually solved it. I'm, I'm writing my second book called Dirt Rich 2, The Next Plot. Love so it. what I left out was how to scale your land business. Mm. So Dirt Rich is about starting a land business. Dirt Rich 2 is about scaling the business and getting yourself out of it so you don't create another job for yourself. So I'm that would be, is what I would have put in there. And, I, and I'm assuming it's just based on what we just talked about. It's just really leveraging systems and, and automations and technology, right? Is that exactly. what you would say? Absolutely. I love Oof. Love it, man. Well, this full, comes full circle. I what's, you know, it's 2022. We're here. You mean you're, you're, you're still glowing about this. You're, you're thriving, you're scaling. What do you think is next for you? You're talking about scale. Like what are we trying to do here? You're trying to, you know, take over the world here. What, what's the, what is next for you and, and your um, frontier equity properties? Uh, what, what is next? I mean, you know, for me, I just wanted to keep growing um, as an entrepreneur and as a person and helping people. So uh, I really don't think about like, you know, these crazy goals, um, yeah. you know, like I, I'm not hell bent on world domination. I just want to <laughs> get better every day. 
Well, you know, I think if anyone's can can claim that they're taking over the world, it's with the kind of business that you're in, it's kind of in alignment there, but uh, <laughs> kind of a nice pun there, but no, yeah. it's uh that's very fascinating. Uh, look, I can't mark. This was, this was super. And, and again, I want to plug uh, for, our, our listeners, you know, if you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel. We will include this in the show notes. Uh, Dirt Rich is the current book that you have, but you are working on Dirt Rich Part 2, uh, which uh, is very exciting. We'll look out for that. Also, as well, you can check out thelandgeek.com for more of what's going on in uh, Mark's world. But uh, otherwise, where else can people uh, get in touch with you? I mean, is there, do you, um, is this something that you're, you're, you're actively, do you have a network where you're, actively sharing this are you teaching it or anything like that or are you just uh, yeah. simply out here no just, no, no. Just, i, I teach thing, yeah. At, yeah yeah you can learn more at the landgeek.com <clears throat> um there's dirt rich and then there's the podcast the art of passive income podcast that's awesome make sure we include that in the show notes and and uh just like that mark i want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, you continue to build. It's funny because that is our anthem here. Continue to build. And I think uh, we'll build on the foundation that you laid today. It's fair to say. Thanks, Ruben. Absolutely. Just like that, we are out. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, a real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it, and you're looking to grow your online presence, but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time, at Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show and your own host, Ruben Kanya, and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, social media has helped us keep this show together, which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guests collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to investedtalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's investedtalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team. You focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it. Now, if you know anything about the lab, you know that we like to give practical advice. So if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app. From the show's page, scroll all the way down and leave us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, there's a you and I in build. Let's build, y'all.